Finally, Bryn Shander in all of its glory. No, wait, uh, the opposite of that. Uh, Shithole. Yeah, that's the word. Not ten minutes in town and we find out about some strange lottery. People seem to clam up the moment we mention it. We're finally back on track delivering packages, and this one is a skull with the soul of a long-dead white dragon inside of it. She might be a bit of a pain in the ass, but she at least knows the lay of the land. What does Bryn Shander have in store for us? Let's find out on today's short quest, Long Rest. back to short quest long rest last session you finally reached the town of Bryn Shander after a very long and arduous trip up the 10 trail you know finishing a fight with an ogre and their saber-toothed companion and spending a final night out in the wilderness you managed to make one of your last deliveries you still have three more to go at a, uh, a small inn here in Bryn Shander, meeting a man calling himself Ragamel, who was able to open a box that, though you had had for a while, this small metal box with no sign of hinge or lock, was able to open with a touch. Within was a small skull made of white gold with golden teeth set in the face. Teeth that save for one, were complete. Small, cat-sized skull. Ragamel had a tooth that matched the skull on a chain around his neck, and upon inserting it, it woke the mighty white dragon, Caladarnathira, uh, Cal for short, who was very, very cranky after 2,000 years of napping. He seemed reluctant to keep Cal as a companion, and because this was ostensibly to be returned to Macath upon his next trip southward, he asked if you wouldn't mind having Cal join you on your adventures. She is, as she claims, very knowledgeable of the region of Icewind Dale. Unfortunately, all of her information is a couple thousand years out of date. So how much value you get out of that is completely up to you. It was agreed upon that her quarters shall be taken up in Felgren's bag. And you uh, have since finished a long rest here at uh, at the inn. It is a bright and dawning morning. Well, wait. I can't say that. Because Ooh. you are in the land of Icewind Dale. And despite the length of the evening, you find that as your bodies awakened what would be the morning, that even a few days ago you would have found yourself under, if not a bright sun, at least an overcast sky, the world outside is still dark. And when I say dark, I mean it is almost black out there. 
can see maybe just the faintest hint of gray in the sky, but that is about as much as you get now that you have made it this far north. I will be asking you, what is everyone doing on this morning, not morning? Hmm. Yeah, I think uh, Rian is uh, having trouble acclimating to not being woken up, you know, at the ass crack of dawn by some sunlight. Like, I think he probably slept in for the first time in his life. Because he's always been uh, a very by-the-books, like, you know, he, you know, sleep schedule type guy since he's been a sailor and everything. You know, always getting up right at, uh, right at the ass crack of dawn and getting to work right away. And, you know, normally he gets up, does his, his calisthenics and stuff to get, uh, get all ready for the day. But, but I think he's sleeping in a little bit and waking up groggy. He doesn't know what the hell's going on. I will say that as a sailor, <laughs> the night sky that you see out your window, to the layperson, it would look no different to them. One day in this place to another. But sailors, in large part, train themselves to navigate by the stars. And you can detect that, yes, time has passed. It just very eerily almost feels as if it hasn't at the same time. That the moon has continued to have its cycle up here, disappearing, but not taking the night with it. It's a very eerie feeling. Mm. I think uh, after he finally gets around, he'll head downstairs for some breakfast or something. Try to look for everybody else, see what they're all up to. What about the rest of you? Tavini got up at the ass crack of dawn uh, to do <laughs> <laughs> prayers and... Um make some quick notes in her journal about the trip and then she's going to very excitedly head downstairs and wait for the others alright so that's two down there yeah I imagine he would be easily the one that woke up last (laughs) (laughs) I think uh, Krellick would be sweeping the remnants of the chest under his bed and then uh, (laughs) going downstairs like we didn't pick up the pieces, we just left yeah. it. Yeah, the bait will take care <laughs> yeah. of it. It's like just scraping them it. with your boot. Yep. Someone will get to it. Kicking all oh, his share is still underneath there. You're just kicking it under the bed. And uh, I will note that uh, when you woke up this morning, Rian, mm-hmm. Miri, you know, curled up on the pillow beside your head, is clutched around a small stack of coins and. Although the pillow is very loose and you would expect them to go slipping from her grasp, not a single one of them has gone astray between her tail curled around them and her claws just clenching them in a death grip in sleep. Nice. And uh, when you woke, probably the only thing you heard from her is a small murmur and then her just kind of rolling over on top of them. (laughs) So the the hoarding behavior has indeed begun. Ah, oh, you sleep well, sweetie. I'll, R- I'll R- bring you some food back. All right. Well, on this very strange morning, not morning, which I will continue to refer to as such, probably nice. for the duration of this entire campaign. Nice. <laughs> there are a handful of people stirring. It, it does seem that folk here, there's a sleepiness to what they do. And it's not purely because it would be early in the day. The... Perpetual darkness has almost seemed to throw off the sense of time and the uh, the scale here. And everyone who is kind of wandering around, it's almost like 
the clock has been set back. You know how you feel on daylight savings? Mm -hmm. You get that vibe when you walk down into the common room. To the point where the barkeep, upon seeing you, hardly raises a hand in greeting and kind of grunts and a uh, barmaid comes over to take some orders, get you all set up for breakfast. Oh, do you guys... How have you acclimated to this? This is awful. This this perpetual night thing. I just can't get... Oof. He's just kind of like stretching, like rolling out his shoulder and stuff because he is just like... He's just sore because I just could not sleep right and couldn't wake up right. <sighs> Are you asking the room at large or Yeah, just essentially anybody. Like uh, probably the waitress as she comes over. Oh, she kind of, you know, glances at you underneath some very thick lashes and oh well um we make do it's if we've been hoping Aurel might lift her curse from us or whatever but she's um really reluctant actually mm-hmm. at least I believe in her you know and she kind of touches a uh, you know something under the collar of her dress or sorry the the bodice and uh, just as hastily takes her hand away and kind of glances around. Hmm. So you believe uh, that this Arl, Arl is the one that's uh, causing this Arlto? I mean, they do call her the Frost Maiden. She'd be the one who rules up here. But, I mean, I could be anything. Hmm. Maybe there's some magic going on at Kelvin's Cairn. Maybe there's uh, something to do with the drow. This region used to have them. Hmm. Speaking well, of... Well, had uh, the one. Spe- speaking of the one, what, uh... Well, oh, that piqued me interest. What, uh... There's just one drow up here that you know of? Well, I mean, the stories from, like, a hundred years ago or so. But, I mean, the elves live forever, so maybe he's kicking about. Huh. What, uh... Who's this, uh, one elf that you're, you're talking about? I mean, he's probably the most famous drow about. You know, that Dritzt? Jesus. Mm. Oh, I have heard that name. People love to talk about him. Hmm. Oh, are you a fan? No. Not not a fan, just tired of hearing the name. Yeah, he's a, he's a grumpy fella early in the morning. Don't worry about him. He looks grumpy. Yeah. <laughs> Can I get you something, dear? Like, uh, you mentioned uh, Calvin's Cairn. We're, uh, we're thinking about that one of our deliveries might actually be up there, up that way. Um, have you ever, uh, do you know of anybody that actually lives on the mountain? I don't know that anyone lives on the mountain. It's just kind of from what I hear. And you can even see it on a clear day in the distance, though you haven't had day in a while. Uh, it's just a mound out there. Can't even call it a proper mountain, though it's about as high. A thousand feet. Interesting. Just a big mound. And no one, you're not familiar with anybody living up there. Anybody local that, uh, I don't know, a pale fella with... Uh, might be known for having maybe a magic ring or something like that. Something to do with ice. She kind of gives you a wry look and... I don't know anything about a magic ring, but... I mean... And she motions to herself, and she is very pale. And then she kind of waves a hand at everyone else in the room. We're Not all that very we get pale. much sun before. <laughs> yeah. ah. That's a fair point. Aye, uh, that was... That was... That was a dumb question on my part. I'll, I'll take credit for that. <laughs> but... Interesting. Okay. What's how's the trek up there? Is it uh is it dangerous? Is it uh I mean I'm sure it's nothing's really not dangerous around here now because of the, the night. But uh 
What could we expect if we were to, say, trek that way? Like, you know how far it is? Uh, about, uh... If you're going over land, that's gonna be your shortest way, but also probably your longest, because, you know, it's very rough terrain. Mm. We're probably a good 18 mile off. And then, if you were gonna go by the road, it'd probably take about as long, but it'd be safer. Mm. You might even go through a couple of the towns along Lake Denisher. Interesting. That sounds better. If it's the same amount of time, I don't see why we'd go off-road. In that case, you want to be leaving town by the east way. The east way. I would assume that's to the east. No, it'd be to the west. She gives you a very <laughs> right look and... It's very astute. Uh, you'd be surprised how people name things silly around, like, anywhere. You know, they go go to a port and they're like, oh, you're on the south side. Be like, oh, is that on the south? Be like, no, actually, it's in the northeast. It sounds like it's just the south of that part. Moron in charge of naming things. Exactly, that's the problem. Is you put someone in charge, you're bound to hit a moron sooner or later. That's actually very true. Yeah. I mean, most of the folk up here are the dregs, so I imagine they probably kept things simple. Mm -hmm. I like that. <laughs> I like that. So. Ah, uh, but breakfast. Something greasy. Yeah. <laughs> we can manage greasy. Good. Well, then it's dealer's choice. Aye, that sounds good. Aye, I'm, I'm with him. I'll have the same. Um, and, uh, would you mind, uh, just, just, uh, wrapping up some, some, some bacon or sausages to go? I just, uh, I, uh, I feel like I'm gonna be a little hungry a little later. He likes throwed bacon. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Oh, for you, anything, right? And she kind of gives you again that sideways look under those long lashes and goes scurrying off. Huh. I think someone made a friend. That could happen. Okay. Looks that way. But, uh, I don't, uh, don't know if I, how do you, man, how do you talk to a woman? Yeah, how do you talk to a woman when you got a baby dragon sitting in your, in your room? Uh, are you, are you joking? <laughs> I, do you have, uh, you have an answer for this one? Yes. Yeah? I can't think of a woman I've ever met that wouldn't want to meet a baby dragon. That's what we would call, in the business, an inn. I She's your opener. <laughs> I would... I guess that... There's some logic there. Mm -hmm. It's like when, yeah, you see uh, someone carrying a baby around town. Everybody wants to stop and talk. Exactly. Hmm. Yeah. Anyways, um, besides, he's like, shakes his head off. He's like, no, wait a minute. Uh, so, besides the package up to, up to Kelvin's Cairn, what else have we got? We only have a few of them left, don't we? Uh, yes, but we keep gaining them, don't we? Um, that is true. Uh, well, we only, you know, what, what, what else did we gain? We got the, we got the, the, well, I guess, the plan B. I guess we did and... liberate one of them. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah, what I was thinking. Yeah, the, uh, the only one that you've gained is also the one that you uh, yeah. uh, smashed open the other well, night. Well, if we treat and the others that we might potentially gain like that one, then we should have no yeah. issues. There you go. Um, so what, what do we got? We have the uh, Bonifer's knife. Mm -hmm. And we're supposed to be meeting her, aren't we? Didn't she say she'd be coming up this way? Yeah, uh, um, I think it was... We spoke to someone yesterday. Yeah, to something glacier. Memories. Like red glacier, something like that. Foggy had a bit of wine. Reged, that's what it was. Ragged glacier. That's where we're supposed to meet her. 
Is that here? You're supposed to meet her there. Is that here? Um, it's got to be around here. I think he would consult any maps he has or anything to try to figure out where that is comparatively. I have something for you now. Oh. Ooh, piece of candy. Because, yes, indeed, I can't see. you do have a map. Oh, snap. It is a very, very large map, but I've made this to scale, and for the sake of listeners, uh, this is the map of Icewind Dale that is provided by the Icewind Dale module. On Foundry, which is the platform we use, I have made certain that the pixels are to scale with the little map meter in the corner, so if you guys take a, a ruler tool, you can indeed measure distances properly. It's all black. It's it's dark. <laughs> oh, it's dark? Yeah. Oh, shit. I always do this. I always do this. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I didn't want to interrupt your, your cool thing. Global illumination. <laughs> Proceed. Is it? Is it good now? Nope. Are we good? Still dark. Nope. All right. You know what it is? It is the token vision. I am there so smart, guys. Yeah. Okay. So there we look go. Look at this. Oh, I know this what I'm nice. doing. This looks nice. This looks nice. Oh, wow. Look at that. Look at all this. This is pretty. I like it. Yeah, you'll notice there is the uh, the map or the uh, measure in the bottom right-hand corner. Mm -hmm. So the pixels should be about where they need to be for you to measure 20 miles off. Nice. So the Regged Glacier is about 48 miles to the northwest or northeast. Oh, Jesus. That's way up there. And that is across some, like, straight-up country. Yeah. Oh, that is, like... As a general reminder of travel rules here in uh, Icewind Dale, mm -hmm. if you scroll down to the bottom of your wilderness survival and travel document, Ooh. you will find that on foot without snowshoes, you make an eighth of a mile an hour. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all have snowshoes, though. Oh, sorry, yeah. that's in the mountains. Uh, with snowshoes over land, uh, that is not in the mountains. You will make half a mile an hour. Yep, good thing that, yeah, I'll say we bought, we all uh, stocked up in, uh, where was that? Was that in Fireshear or was that in Arlesburg? That was in Fire, I think you did a little bit of both. Yeah, but either way, yeah, we all grabbed snowshoes and, and warm clothing for for travel, because we are smart. Did we? Um, I, I don't have yeah, snowshoes. Yeah, at some point you guys did, yeah. We what? Yeah, we got snowshoes and, uh, oh, yeah. and, and, uh, yeah, because I even added it into my inventory. You don't need to worry about it, Tin Man. I mean, unless I start making you buy flasks of oil to keep from icing over. Oh, and... There we go. <laughs> Tin Man. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, cold weather clothing and snowshoes is what we got. It, it had to be fire shear because that's when, uh, because I remember us talking to, to Vini, and that's when we picked her up. And I remember you saying that you, you already had them, like it came with your character or something like that. So... So there we go. Now, so I don't suppose, I, I guess they probably wouldn't. I was going to say, no, uh, no ships sail up those. Well, those are all frozen rivers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So the east way, your way to Kelvin's Cairn by the roads would be the east way and then northeast to Cairdenval and Cairconig. Interesting. The towns of Goodmead and Dugan's Hole are also accessible by the east way. What if we shot up towards Tourmaline and went up the Dwarven Valley? We could have uh, uh, Krellic get us some, like, uh, home-cooked meals up that way. Mm. 
Actually, I don't know if there's actually any dwarves in the <laughs> in the Dwarven Valley. Again, a naming could be anything. Could be elves living there. <laughs> Not elves. Not elves. Anything but that. But uh, but yeah. So we're gonna head the east way up to Cairdenaval, to Cairconig, to Kelvin's Cairn. Hmm. The whole time everyone's been talking, Tavini's just been sitting there with like one of her rations of uh, jerky and just eating slowly and quietly, just watching, listening. Nice. I will say, uh, Krellic, you would know that the Dwarven Valley there, to the southwest of Kelvin's Cairn, yeah. are, is occupied by a few clans of dwarves calling themselves the Valley Dwarves. These are typically shield dwarves that would know that this valley contains uh, sprawling iron mines and cave complexes that are inhabited by the, uh, you know, chiefly Clan Battlehammer and their allies. Hmm. So, yes, indeed, that is a that is a plausible path for you if uh, you guys wanted to do a bit of overland travel. You know, get some assistance from some of the dwarven clans up that way. I know there's dwarfs there, actually. We mean... Maybe find a hand that way. It's not a bad idea. I mean, looks like that's a good seven miles of our trek. I mean, if it was a, a nice peaceful trek that we had some, you know, cover from, that might not be so bad. Either way, I guess it doesn't matter. But, uh, and say, on the way back, I would like to swing past Goodmead. I don't have to bring y'all along for that, but, uh, and say. For? Yeah. Uh, well, I'm, well, I might be honest with you. I'm, uh. One of the reasons I've come up here is I'm, I'm actually looking looking for my mother. Oh. And, yeah, so she's, uh, last I heard, well, when I, I when I talked to the, the some people earlier, um, they had mentioned that, uh, that good mead, obviously known for its good mead, mm. um, is, uh... Smart mead. My, my mother, yeah, my mother was always, was always one for a good drink, so I wouldn't be surprised if she settled there, and it's along the coast there, and red waters say before everything froze up for the winter she most likely came up one of the rivers well one of the i personally would love to meet your mother i have questions <laughs> i don't so many <laughs> so how about we take the dwarven valley there and we'll stop by good mead on the way back hey i mean that works for me say we can hook around go up to targos uh, then on the way to Termaline, you know, break off, go up the Dwarven Valley, then, uh, then yeah, hit up Calvin's Cairn, then come back Cairn Koenig, Cairdenavel, and then down to Goodmead. What, uh, we got one more, though. Who's the other one? Maybe we can catch it along the way. Um, let me see, uh... So we got the Dragon Dude's box. Yeah, so... It was one. This one's one of the ones that someone else got for us. The Falrecht Lafine, uh, small burlap package with round. No, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah, we did do that one. Um, Falrecht Lafine um, burlap package with a rounded oblong shape within it is addressed someone named Yarlaxel. So that's the only other one we got. I think after I'd be reading off our notes and be like, and kind of call over the 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 waitress again. But like, dearie. Um, have you ever heard the name Yaraxel? Ah, uh, she kind of wrinkles her brow. I mean, there's, it sounds like you're trying to say Jarlaxel. 
Oh, yes. Oh, part, my apologies. For some reason, oh, up here, I thought... part of those same legends with uh, that Dritzt fellow I was talking of. Oh, really? Legends happen to say where he uh, where he ends up? Ah, here he's a swashbuckling tap. He is all over. Uh -huh. And she kind of starts curling her hair, uh -huh. uh, which is brunette. Pretty uh -huh. medium-length curls around one finger. And you can see she has these big old buck teeth there in the center. Nice. <laughs> uh, but a little bit of a gap in between. But otherwise, kind of adorable in a pudge nose sort of way. <laughs> Fancy pirates, eh? I mean, sailors. She again gives uh, Rian that double take. <laughs> Not that I've ever really met them, except for the ones that go on the lake when it's warm, but... I mean, I always imagine that they're... Hmm. You know. Go on. <laughs> Do you have something in your eye? <laughs> You keep, you keep blinking. Yes. Us organics blink, dreamer. But this one's excessive. Don't, don't and pay them any mind. As you're speaking, dreamer, there's just red creeping up her neck and onto her cheeks. You know, I think I might have forgotten. Mm, I forgot a plate. I'll be right might back. Might be half tiefling. <laughs> <laughs> Be like, oh, you embarrassed the poor girl. That was, that wasn't. But, uh, me. She does bring you your breakfast. Nice. Hmm. I was just curious. Greasy, just as desired. Mm. In fact, uh, there seems to be, uh, since she came back for your plate the second time, there, Felgren, a nice, mm, sizable puddle forming where there probably shouldn't be around your eggs. Oh yes, very good. Nice. Grease. I did. <laughs> Big puddle of grease. That's what I asked for. Yeah, oh, I, I know you did. Oh, I mean, I always make sure people get what they deserve. He <laughs> <laughs> yeah. will grin uh, broadly at that. Yeah. That's a that's a sentiment he can understand. Yeah. Was there anything else I could get you? <laughs> hmm. uh, nope, I think we're we're good. I didn't catch your name. You What's your name? Oh, I'm Dahlia. Dahlia. It's a lovely name. We appreciate <laughs> she doesn't say that. anything, but she does, yeah. like, she is kind of blushing it again, right. pulling at that hank of hair. Yeah. Like, we appreciate you. Well, that's very sweet. Uh, I didn't get your name. Oh, Rian. Rian Stormlight. Well, Rian Stormlight. I heard you were new in town. That's what the owner was saying. Like, ah, yeah. We've, uh, we just came in, well, I'd say last night, but, uh, as we see, it's always night around here. But, uh,. But yeah, we uh, we came in last night and uh, just uh, doing some deliverers uh, work, dropping some things off, and and we'll uh, we'll probably be sticking around this area every time we're back in the area. So just thought we'd get to know the locals a bit better. She's kind of leaning over the table and mm -hmm. looking at some of the papers that you have spread out on there. Mm -hmm. Oh well, you know if you're uh you're heading, you said to the the Cairn, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's uh that's one of our next stops, yeah. Oh. Well, if you head up uh, northwest, follow the road that way, you might even uh, reach my aunt, Marta. And, uh, well, she's going to be up there in Tourmaline. I don't know if you're going that far. Hmm. Well, if we're up that way, we'll definitely, we'll definitely stop by. See if, uh, sees if she's as gracious a host as you are. Well, she owns the east side, and actually you tell her that uh, Dahlia sent you, and maybe she'll... You know, give you a little bit of a something for a handsome lad. 
She kind of purses her lips like she's trying to keep herself from saying too much. Yeah. Krillik's just going <laughs> to eat his breakfast awkwardly and let them do he's, their thing. Yeah, he's wa- Felgren's watching the whole thing. He's just yeah. infinitely <laughs> amused by what's happening. Doing the, uh, the Jack Nicholson uh, head nod. Head. <laughs> <laughs> the creepy head nod. Not quite that uh, intently. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Rubbing his hands uh, together. Could I land and get that name again for the inn and Marta? Marta. Uh, technically, we're you know, about the same age, but you know our family's kind of big, so. Mm. I see. I see. Well, 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 like I said, if we're, we head up that way, we'll definitely look her up, and and we appreciate everything you've done for us. She nods and doesn't seem to be leaving the table. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I'm going to go tend to my other tables now. Very good. Again, red <laughs> as nice. she walks off. Tavini <laughs> waves politely. What just happened? Oh, God. Dreamer. Ah, sweet girl. I really don't want to give you that talk. <laughs> but I will later. Nice. <laughs> I didn't know Dreamer needed the talk. Well, he's yeah, acting Dreamer. like he does. Dreamer needs the talk. That's awesome. That's actually really fun. It, 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 I almost want to roleplay it so he's much. He's going to just assume <laughs> that he does need the talk, whether he nice. needs it or not. But we should probably also figure out uh, figure out this uh, Jarl Axel before we leave town. I'd hate to, you know, skip right over him on the way. Hey, it'd be nice to know where he's at. Nice. Friend of the Drow, she said. Oh, that's a good call. Yeah, she did say that. She said he was uh, she's a friend of, uh, of Dritzt. So, mm. or at least uh, part of the same legends, but... Well, hmm. it's the thing about legends, they're often hard to find. Hmm. wonder if there's a, a library or a soothsayer or a storyteller around here that might know a little more about it. Well, the towns only get smaller, so if you right, want to look, you should do it here. That's what I was thinking, so... So, well, I say after breakfast... After uh, your... Extracurriculars, of course. Oh, there won't be any extracurriculars. I just, uh, just testing the muscles. Make sure they still work. Yeah, I bet you want to test the muscles. Mm-hmm. So we'll Acrylic, just... you understand. <laughs> yeah. I think now Rian's kind of, like, a little blush <laughs> in his cheeks. Be like, I didn't mean it that way. I sure you did. Of course did. you didn't. Yes. This is Play figuratively cool. and literally going over Tavini's head. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, if I hear any footsteps leaving the room late at night, I won't say a word. No, just saying something on your door. No. no. <laughs> you guys are being silly. Don't. Well, let's let's finish up breakfast and let's get on the road. Um, again, uh, I think uh, I, af- yeah, after we figure out what we're doing, I'd go over to the the barkeep and ask be like uh, at first I'd be like you wouldn't happen to know a you know where we might locate a, this Jarl Axel and if not do you know anybody that might be familiar with uh, his legend or you know where he might have ended up so that we could try to you know narrow him down thinking probably be along one of the, the coastlines if he's a, a swashbuckler as you said uh well you know um Let's see. I don't know who you would ask directly, but I do know that, uh, you know, that 
those Dritzt legends are associated with the dwarves up north. Oh. Um, what are they? Uh, she's kind of snapping her fingers, and you hear the dwarven proprietor, uh, who you guys had met last night, kind of mm-hmm. growl, Battle Hammer from the back. Ah, Battle Hammer. Okay. I would. I wouldn't be. Uh, I would imagine they're probably uh, holed up in the Dwarven Valley there. Now that you mention it, I do think that there were a few in town. Oh. Okay. Yeah, they would have. Uh, let's see. You know, word kind of travels between the different drinking establishments around here pretty fast. A couple of them came here from the north a few days ago. Interesting. Apparently, well, I mean, rumors, rumors, rumors being rumors. There's. Something keeping them from making deliveries to town of ingots and, you know, their metals and gems and the like. Can you imagine a whole cart of gems? Well, a sledge, because, you know, frozen right. roads. Oh, you wouldn't happen to know where they're staying, would you? That I don't. If you were going to try some of the other inns in town, I would try the North Look. The North Look. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Although, you know, and she kind of glances, uh, you know, over her shoulder at the proprietor. Who, uh, at hearing the name Northlook, just kind of is looking up and glowering and peering at all of you. <laughs> as if to keep you pinned to your seats instead of going and chasing after some other establishment. <laughs> Don't worry, sir. We'll be coming back. Hey. Frankly, I have, if you were looking for a good pint, that's probably going to have a wider selection than here. <gasps> I didn't say a damn thing. Oh no, but, you know, secret safe with me. You make sure you come back and visit, you know? But of course. Like I wouldn't think anywhere else to be. Oh, she reaches over and kind of gives you that, that play punch on the arm, like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so <laughs> let's, uh... So yeah, Have I made things we... awkward enough? Nope, nope, this Not is fun. Not nearly. Let's, uh... Because <laughs> <laughs> I could much. make it worse. There you go. Now let's, uh... Well, shit, yeah, let's let's pack up and, uh, I guess, head to that place first. If we're going to... I mean, that that makes the most sense to me, at least, as far as trying to figure out who, where Jarl Axel or Jarl Axel before we... Which place now? Just, uh... The, that, uh, North Look oh, okay. that she was just mentioning. So that way we can try to get a lead on Jarl Axel just in case he's along the way. Because otherwise, if we go, if we take off, go all the way up to Cairn, hook all the way back down, and get back to Bryn Shander, you know, a couple, you know, a week from now, and then find out the dude was, you know, in Tourmaline or, you know, or something like that, or in Karakonig, and we totally pe- bypassed him. Mm-hmm. So, I think that would be why, especially if those dwarves are here, that we can ask. Alrighty, so heading off to the North Look? Uh, yep, I would say, unless somebody else has got uh, another... Um, another plan or a idea? Is is the North Look over by um, or anywhere near the Black Iron Blades? You would be able to find it pretty nearby. Let's see. Let's head back to our map there of Bryn Shander. So you would know that Black Iron Blades is located near the center of town. North Look likely two blocks from it or so. Okay, so d- just on the uh, well, just on the opposite end of the sort of town center there. Yeah. So Tumini could lead the way. Oh, nice. 
And this is where Tavini, uh, like, before she came down to Griggle, this is where she was uh, apprenticing? Yeah, Black Iron Blades. Nice. Although, she has, I don't think she's said that icily yet. No, I know, I'm doing it, yeah. I'm, I'm, I am going out of character. Alrighty, so you guys are uh, are heading towards the uh, the North Look Inn? Um, yep, I would say that is uh, the way to go. Please. Now I will ask, are you bringing your daughter along and where is she traveling? I am bringing my daughter along and she's traveling right by my side because I think that now that we're level three, I think I, when I, we woke up when I go back and gave her some sausages and stuff, I essentially grabbed my backpack and like kind of held it up and looked at her and looked at the backpack and <laughs> realized that she's too damn big to fit in the backpack anymore. All right. As you uh, start to head down the stairs to return to the inn, and she is not in the bag, you notice that Miri hesitates at the top of the stairs. Those small talons of hers almost digging into the wood as she kind of almost comes to a screeching halt. Mm-hmm. Oh. Are you, um, are you sure? Well, that's up to you, my dear. We can't hide you forever. So... Little one, it's okay. We got your back. Felgren just nods. And she's going to uh, claw her way up your pant leg. And you can feel she's gotten mm-hmm. heavier over your time traveling. You know, has yeah. really been putting on muscle and just every day seems to be gaining ounces. Uh, it's almost uncomfortable now to have her sitting on your right shoulder. And the tail that coils around your neck is almost enough to throttle you. It is, uh, it's pretty strong like, oh, to keep ease, her ease balance. Up. Ease oh. up, sweetie. <coughs> Sorry. No, yeah, it's, it's okay. It's okay. It's sorry. like, uh, you just, no, you don't, don't be sorry. It's fine. You're just, you're just getting tough now. I, I was, I'm so impressed with you at that when we fought that ogre. It's like, you're doing so good. It's like, you're growing up so fast. And I just don't even know what to do with you anymore. Next time he asks you to ease up, ask for a gold piece. <laughs> <laughs> Grin, she he like, a, shoots it to look at Grin. Like. <laughs> this very, like, crocodilian grin across her face. <laughs> and then she almost seems to look as if she recol- or recollects something, or recollects, and uh, very hastily kind of leans over your side there towards your satchel, Rian. And the end of her tail snakes down and sort of lifts the top of your bag a little. And she almost seems to reassure herself at the sight of something within it. Oh, the coins. <laughs> My gold! Yep. Be like, don't worry. Your little hoard's not going anywhere. I mean, I didn't say anything. Nah, you don't have to. But don't, uh, <laughs> don't, don't get too obsessed with it. That's the only thing I worry about. I was going to say, there's, uh... Greed has been the fall of a lot of people. You don't want it to, to cause you any grief. I think items are just things. Coins are just things. I don't think that I would fall to those vagaries. That's a girl. Say, I learned that word from, you know, Kiel. Yeah, she did. Yeah. So we're going to need to... We're probably going to put, like, a, a parental block on Kel. Like, she only gets between the hours of such and such that I was you can actually... say, you think I can control what she says? Yeah. <laughs> you are no, mistaken. No, I, 
I don't think anybody's going to be able to control him, so that's, uh... No, we'll, we'll see. I don't... Most of it's funny. <laughs> Fair. But... Alright, so, tromping down the stairs, you very much immediately feel the eyes following you through the room. There's only about a half dozen people in here or so, kind of getting their day started. Uh, many of them with lamps that are currently out. And I mean out as in, like, they're not lit at their sides. You know, whatever they took with them to leave the house so that they could actually see where they were walking. The street that you exit out into, the lamps that line either side of it, are very few and far between. And they do cast a, a warm glow in this weird twilight here at uh, 10 a.m. It is dim light outside, and uh, there is a very light snowfall. Uh, as soon as it hits the sort of cobblestones of the street, there isn't a layer of snow sticking on it. As you kind of look down at your boots and lift them a little, uh, you can see salt crystals hanging to the bottom of your boots. Hmm. Interesting. And you do notice as uh, you kind of observe people walking up and down the street, almost like a salt rind around the bottom of their boots from, you know, walking the salted streets in order to keep snow off them, you know. Very interesting. Mm -hmm. yeah, so I think we'll push on towards North Look and, uh, yeah. Actually, I think you would turn towards, uh, Tavini and Dreamer and be like, if I'm, if I'm mistaken, you guys, you, I didn't even think of this, but you can't see in the dark, can you? Uh, uh, no. Do you got anything besides torches? I was thinking maybe we could get you, say these folks seem to be walking around with little lanterns around their waists. Thinking maybe we could get you something like that to at least help light your way a little bit. I... I do know a, uh, a spell, but it is very costly. Huh. Well, um, like I said, if you you can rely on the spell if that's what you want, or like I said, we can maybe we can pick some up. I, I can't imagine they can be too expensive. Say so maybe we can stop in at a at a at a shop around here or something. See if we can't pick you a couple up, just uh, just in case. But it's up to you. And say, and the rest of us, uh, luckily, we're born with the ability to see in the dark, so whatever you want to do. Uh, uh yes. I, I do not have any gold, though. Actually, how much does she have? We, we, gave, we gave you the... You weren't here last time, but we <laughs> when we cracked open that chest... Should we get 20? <laughs> 20? Yeah, so you got 20 gold on you now. Oh, cool. Enough for Latin. Is that how much it costs? Uh... Oh, I thought, I thought that was, like, the exact amount. I was like, oh, shit, that's awesome. Can't be that like, much. No, I don't think so. I was thinking, like, five gold or something like that. But, uh... I'd call shenanigans. Let's see. We can look at the price of them later. We can take it out. But, uh, but yeah, um... Hooded lantern, five gold. Yeah. Ha-ha. Called yeah, that. so say it's five gold for a hooded, or if you're looking for something that will have a longer range but a narrower beam, uh, that would be the bullseye lantern. Ooh. And that one throws out light to 60 feet in a cone instead of the hooded lantern, which kind of does it in a 360 degree, 30 feet. Interesting. So it's like a, it's like a flashlight, like a lantern flashlight, like you see conductors have in those movies. And stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it's essentially like the, the light that sits on the front of a train, 60 okay. feet of bright light and then 60 feet of dim beyond that. 
or the the Green Lantern. Like, lantern. <laughs> Getting a little nerdy with Chris, it. Chris, you'd make the reference to the Green Lantern. <laughs> and say, so as terrible as everything that's ever been so the Green Lantern bad. has been, I do love me some Green Lantern, though. I have the oath on my fridge and a little magnet. Oh, Dane. I do. I, I, I can't help it. The Green Lantern Oath is badass. I like oaths. I think oaths are cool. <laughs> like, I, I just started reading the new uh, uh, Stormlight, Stormlight Archive Archives. book. Yeah. And then as soon as I started reading it, I, they mentioned the oaths, and it popped back into my head the the uh, uh, Life Before Death, Strength Before Weakness, Journey Before Destination, which is the first... <laughs> The first oath that all the right nice radiant take and it like i was like yeah it's fucking awesome but you nerd yeah I, nerd. I, I, totally I, <laughs> now let's keep playing D. yeah D. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah you nerd. now that we're shut up and let's play D. yeah now that we're done with all this nerdy <laughs> shit <laughs> but yeah so yeah i say we swing by the uh by a uh, general store and see if we can't uh, snag you guys some some uh does anybody else have any shopping they wanted to do like we all got a little bit of money a few things i can oh really didn't mean to turn this into a shopping episode but i was thinking since oh. we were in town yeah, but i don't have to yeah, something i need to unload too uh we could stop by black iron blades hi you, you've mentioned them a couple of times. Do you know the Black Iron Blades? Uh, yes, I, I I I apprenticed there. Ah, that's before you you moved down to Grigola. Eh? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. Well, yeah, we can swing by there if you want. I mean, if they're they do forging, if it's an Iron Lantern you're looking for, then they probably are the ones putting them together. So. Well, never mind. I don't need to get rid of nothing. <laughs> what uh what were you thinking yet? Uh, I thought I still had my chain mail. Um Did you just delete it? Because I don't see when we would have yeah, sold either. it. But it's all good. I think you still have it on you. Yeah, I was I'll gonna say, because we didn't because that was back in uh oh what was that place? The one that we stayed with the family, the half elms. Hundlestone. Yeah, Hundlestone, that's right. And because yeah, you got the, the mithril there and we haven't stopped from there we just straight went cross country yeah. to Bryn Chander so so yeah um, so sweet oh yeah actually if we're gonna stop by the Black Irons I forgot about this uh, the uh, the breastplate that uh, oh no what was it what did you end up with was it breastplate um, Tavini oh yeah Tavini has a breastplate you? yeah oh okay sweet yeah but like but like you I saw that you have that uh, that breastplate they gave you and that you're not using it um any reasoning? Because that's, uh, I don't know, that looks like a nice piece of armor there. Uh, my, um, my, my chain mail, it is, I, I made it myself and it covers more of my body. Oh, oh, I see, I see, well, um, I don't suppose I could maybe take it off your, your hands? I mean, I, it won't fit me right now, but I was thinking if we're heading over to the Black Iron Blades, maybe we could get it to resize to fit me a little bit, because, uh, I'll say it, that's a nice piece of armor. My scale mail is, isn't bad, but it makes a lot of noise. That's one of my issues. Every time I move around, it's chinking everywhere and making clanking sounds and whatnot. And, uh, it's more metal on metal. I, I figured if I could get my hands on a, a breastplate like that, I could, you know, I wouldn't make as much noise. And now that Miri's out of the bag, we're already bringing enough, uh, you know, 
enough attention to us that I, I don't need to announce myself walking down the street on top of it. Uh, uh, uh yes. Like, yeah, let me know how much you want for it. I will I'll buy it off you. I know they're really expensive normally, so I wouldn't expect you to give it away for free. Oh, I, I was I was going to give it away for free. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I was going <laughs> 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 Like... I imagine I could probably heard grin. Hurts his sensibilities, grow. yes. Yeah, be like, be like, no, don't, I understand. I'm, I'm, I'm with you on this one, Grin, actually. Be like, I couldn't possibly take it. I'd, um, But, you know, I I don't have a lot of money, but what, what's, how about 20 gold? Does that sound good for it? I think those things go for like, I feel like I'm ripping you off if I even, if I give you that little, but I don't have a ton. I just, does 20 gold sound good for you? I'd, I'd hate to just take it from you. Uh, Yes, 20 gold is more than enough. Okay, that's perfect. Okay. Well, well there you go. And he, like, uh, he counts out his money. He makes sure to get separate from uh, Miri's stash. So that... Uh, yeah, she watches you very, yeah. very intently as you do <laughs> she that. She reminds you. He's like, don't worry. Yeah, don't worry. I'm not going to take yours. It's like, this is... Like I said, that's yours, my dear. You can... You can I won't. I won't ever touch it. That is, sure. It's just like like we're saving up for your college, <laughs> your college tuition. Uh, but, <laughs> it gives it just gives you a blank look. Yeah. Oh, you don't want to be a bard? I thought you were gonna be a bard. My bad. Um. Sorry, bad joke. Um. <laughs> anyways, so yeah, I'll uh, I uh, give uh. Tivini the 20 gold and they're like okay well let's yeah, let's set up the black iron blades that sounds sounds good hopefully they can get this thing resized for me y yes and uh, uh, uh yes <laughs> sorry she like <laughs> tunnels off <laughs> I love that like I think that's fantastic I like that little that ah yes ah yes <laughs> <laughs> it's a totes and dorbs <laughs> all right so as you are heading north up the street towards the center of town, the market square that opens up before you, and remember this is pretty far north of the council hall where you guys had seen people lining up mm -hmm. to uh, ostensibly be submitted to a lottery. Sacrifice. Uh, yep. <laughs> Essentially, that's what we figured it out. Is so. a, it is a very grim reminder that the uh, the new moon is tonight, and the results of the lottery will likely be known before the day is out. But upon entering this very vast space, a couple of buildings draw your attention. The North Look Inn to the northwest corner of the the square is almost immediately distinguishable from all the other buildings around it. It is massive. There's a wing lined with windows on about two different stories and you could see people bustling around inside you know one guy is kind of sitting at what looks to be the edge of a bed he's kind of on the second story so it's hard to tell and is pulling on long johns you know kind of stands up and hefts himself into them there seems to be a good flow of people in and out the door even at this early hour much more than there were at the previous location and through the open doors as they kind of swing open and you kind of get that blast of heat even as far away as you are 
you hear very faintly a tune being sung. sung. Uh, There's a place I like to go, further up the river's flow. Where it is, I do not know, must be under all that snow. <laughs> it's very, very faint. Uh, a very short song that carries uh, in the brief time that the door is open. Opposite the square of the bustling inn, a bit further south from a black smithy that you can see that seems to have a uh, you know, bit of billowing smoke from its chimneys, there is a one-story building that is entirely stone, but rather than all these other places around that are kind of done up in brick or granite, you know, darker stone, this seems very deliberately to have been made out of lighter colored stone. Peering more closely, you can see that there is a lot of iron wrought work around uh, the different pillars, you know, the archways. It's all uh, almost ostentatious, which is kind of ruined by the fact that a lot of this has been painted yellow. And you can tell because it's flaking even at this distance. There is a very large symbol of a sun set into the facade above the large archway that leads further into this building. Mm. So a, uh, a couple of places to explore and there does seem to be a bit of foot traffic going around. You see some dwarves gathered in front of the North Look that seem to be kind of huddled together talking, very frostbitten looking. Uh, their beards just almost iced over. In the direction of the building with the sun on its facade, you see almost what looks to be a a small bear cub running around on its hind legs, seemingly uh, being yelled at by a, uh, a woman from behind them. Hmm. What the hell is that? Did you guys see that? Hmm. Was, that a, was that a little bear? Sorry, what? Did you see that? A little, like, looked like a little bear ran by, on its hind legs. This woman was yelling, "It's right there! Look at that!" What is it? Do yeah, you could see through the uh, the bustle of people here, in the early morning, pitch black. <laughs> what appears to be, now that you're kind of peering at it more intently, a small figure, mm -hmm. perhaps a halfling or a gnome, you know, someone of a diminutive stature dressed in some of the fuzziest gear that you've ever seen, which unfortunately makes them look like a teddy. Oh, like, oh, my bad. That's my apologies. And just kind of seems to be uh, shoving through some legs, and you hear very faintly the very rushed language of Gnomish being shouted over their shoulder at the uh, the woman yelling at them from under the sun arch. Hmm. What is that? Like, oh. Uh, I said, I my apologies. That's that's that was a halfling just in some fuzzy gear. I'd be like, I, I thought for sure it looked like a little bear. Even look at the hat. The hat's got the little, <laughs> the little fuzzy parts to it. That's crazy. You know, I lived a, I lived a good portion of my life and in, in Waterdeep, and I never saw anything like that. Does the voice I, sound uh, angry? The one that's yelling. Uh, sounds more belligerent. Uh, if you're talking about the yeah. gnome, the woman who appears to be shouting from under the archway of the uh, the sun there. Very, very tall person. Ostensibly dressed in the, uh, the robes of what to you would strike you as a priest, though you're not sure of the denomination. So. Oh, actually, I speak Gnomish. 
What's she yelling? <laughs> I forgot I spoke Dovish. <laughs> <laughs> I always got, I was trying to think of who, what he, what I had my language at the beginning. I was like, what would he know? And I was like, it's like, well, if he lived in, you know, if he was a sailor and he dealt with merchants a lot, like gnomes are, like, there's a lot of gnomish merchants out there. So I thought that would be, that would make sense for him to know. So... So you weren't quite able to make out what the uh, the fuzzily dressed figure said, but the woman who's again shouting from across the square, you can almost make out the words. Uh, sounds like she's saying, "You come back when you're on the right side of the sun." Right side of the sun. Now you, now you kind of giggle at that. You're like, I don't, I don't know if that's his mother or if what, but said something about uh, maybe you guys. I'd never even heard that saying before. Come back when you're on the right side of the sun. You ever hear that? Has Tavini ever heard that? <laughs> uh, Tavini, because you have lived uh, probably only a block or so away from this uh, location, you would know that you are staring at the House of the Morning Lord, which is a shrine to Amanader, the god of the sun. Oh. You would know that a uh, sort of retired adventurer, Mashan is the priest of Amanader here. Uh, they call Amanader the Morning Lord, which is why the temple is named thusly. Hmm. And the small figure that you see running around in uh, fuzzy gear, you know, what appears to be just like leaving the temple for the time being, is one Copper Knobberknocker. And you have That's quite the name. Uh, guy, not yeah. had much direct interaction with them. You do know, and have heard these arguments before, that Copper is a follower of Lathander, and Mishan does not like it when people mistake the two sun gods and confuse oh. the deities with one another. Lathander and Amanada, right? Yep. Tavani giggles. <laughs> yeah, this this display here in the center of town is really nothing new. In fact, it's probably like a once a month show that uh, you've been privy to from a distance, been able to appreciate. He looked at Tavini and he'd be like, you, yeah, you seem, uh, you seem awfully comfortable with this. Have you seen this before? It, uh, it, it happens. They, uh, <laughs> they do not agree. What the, what, what's their, uh, what's their argument about? They both worship a god of the sun, but different god of the sun. Oh, good. Oh, gotcha. Well, I've seen much worse outcomes and religious differences, so I'll take one just getting chased around a little bit and yelled at. Hmm. Especially one so adorable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is, uh, that one running by. That's a. That is pretty adorable. He looks like a little bear. <laughs> you see him? I thought, I, I thought someone had trained him, like, uh, like you see at the circus sometimes. I bet he's warm. I do not Aye. think Nobarnokar would appreciate being called cute. <laughs> he like immediately is like, Pardon? what? I'm sorry. What did you just call him? Nobarnokar. For some reason, that, that name is not his. Seems inappropriate. His... Yeah, that that can't be his name. No, his name is Copper Nobarnokar. Oh, that is... Oh. <laughs> he, just starts, like, he just starts, like, giggling and, like, grabs the bridge of his nose. Like, that guy oh. has to be my new best friend. Hey, hey, Copper Knobberknocker. That is fantastic. 
Oh, that's the oh. best thing I've ever heard in my life. Wonder if he was caught never knocking. The grin. Come on. Oh. What? And there goes. You guys, is, you're both of you. Your your heads are in the gutter <laughs> all day today so far. Um, what's knobber knocking? Don't. Well. Don't know, honey. Uh... It is a certainty. Yes, exactly. It's 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 just a last name. When a man just loves himself. No, no. <laughs> when a man loves himself. <laughs> 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 that, oh, that's yeah. a narcissist. And you are finding that there are still people that are just like openly staring at, you know, Miri on your shoulder, and no one has really approached you about it, and. As you have stood in the square for a while, you're kind of getting an idea why. There are a number of people that will look at her, that will look at you, and their eyes go immediately to the weapons at your belts, and they just continue mm. walking. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, I think Krellick's going to yeah. shadow pretty close. You all have work to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, what, you never seen a half-elf and his daughter before? Oh. <laughs> the nearest person that you say this to happens to be like this grizzled middle-aged human with just like this overgrowth of beard that's cleft down the middle of the chin. You know, the yeah. mutton's going on. Nice. And he, he does a double take. Yeah. Uh. You don't see the resemblance? No. <laughs> I think he'd chuckle at that. Like She <laughs> takes after her mother. Yeah. Yeah. She was a beautiful lady, as you can tell. Mm. How much you want for it? <laughs> Keep walking, old man. Oh my no. god. No, that's all I say. And perhaps we should just all go inside and, uh, yeah, and ask your questions. Uh, let, let us go to the Black Iron Blades, yes? Yeah. Aye. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll go uh, there first. It's a good question, though. How much? Great. <laughs> And he just like he just like, kind of like gives him a look like come on uh, seriously just a joke so as you start across the square the trio of dwarves that had kind of been hovering in front of the north look talking to one another one of them looks up from the conversation sees your group and kind of reaches over and you know slaps their the nearest one on their left in the chest with the back of their hand kind of jerks his chin in your direction and all three of them kind of turn to watch you pass and then start you know not quite stalking towards you but this very confident like they know exactly where they're going stride as the three dwarves approach your group so do we so we notice this pretty Obviously. Yeah, it's pretty openly that they're they're walking towards the three of you. This is bad. Uh, they're dressed in cold weather gear with snowshoes slung over their backs and ice picks fastened to their belts. Two of them have very, very thick beards, and the third holds up a gloved hand in greeting and through a thick wool scarf rasps, Well, Mick. I'm Haruna, and these are my friends, Corix and Storm. We need help, and you look capable. Oh, Krellick will stop. Yeah, I think you'd be like, actually, um, I think we, you might be the ones we were looking for. Uh, we weren't planning on coming here yet, but we're getting around for it. Uh, are you guys, uh, you wouldn't happen to be battle hammers, would you? We would be. Ah, huh, good. Are you, uh, 
looking for Clan Battlehammer. Uh, a little bit. We uh, we heard your name come up in uh, an old legend. Legend about uh, uh, Jara Axel. Does Tavani believe these guys? Uh, go ahead and roll me an insight check. Oh, that's a good call. I could just be lying. I didn't think of that. A three. I mean, it's very, very hard to see them underneath all that cold weather gear. Really, only their eyes are visible. The speaker, who seems to kind of be uh, presenting themselves forward, the others standing on either side of them, uh, has a feminine quality to their voice. And as you're looking at them, uh, you can see that the right side of their head, the hat that they're wearing, is flatter than it is on the left. And on their uh, their left hand, two of the fingers seem stiff, even though she's gesturing with the others. Some insight into the others, because no, you didn't quite get you didn't get that uh, whether they're being honest or not. But you guys are close enough to get a better idea of what these people look like. The one immediately on her left is just staring in silence. You can see that his scarf around his face kind of has that same flatness to it that the right side of the woman who introduced herself as Runa has. Uh, He similarly has fingers that appear stiff in their gloves. The dwarf on the right-hand side is hardly paying attention to your group at all. He just is kind of nervously glancing up at the sky every couple of seconds there. As if to reassure himself that the skies are clear. Hmm. But, uh, was there perhaps we could speak then? Perhaps. In fact, we might have a few things that we could speak about because, uh, we're actually looking at, uh, making our way up to, uh, Kelvin's Cairn. So, maybe we can help you. Maybe you can help us get, uh, where we're going and not be accosted or, you know, get some safe passage up there. Well, I could see us traveling northward again, but we've kind of had a rough time of it coming southward. What happened? We are the survivors of a group of dwarves. We were delivering a sled of iron ingots to this town. We were attacked by a yeti, and they killed a member of our group. Mm. As uh, Obak was torn apart, we fled, and... Now we need someone to go back to the sled for us. Hmm. We can pay you. We need some time to recover here, but we're offering a gemstone of worth 50 gold apiece. 50 gold apiece? To, to each of you. Well, we can pay well. It's just we're in bad shape to go after our gear. Aye, that's, that's nothing to shake a stick at. But uh... Do you have wounds that need tending? And uh, when you ask that... <laughs> She holds up her glove with its stiff fingers and kind of tugs on the fingers, finally removing the glove entirely. And you can see that she only has three fingers on that left hand. The ring finger and the middle finger are completely gone and have just kind of been replaced with what appears to be almost like somebody had sewn finger puppets, literal finger puppets. And she has secured them to her wrist in their place. They're like yellow faces drawn on them. I don't know that uh, you can fix this. Nope. 
<laughs> Good answer. Well, poor Corix here, he lost his nose and a few fingers, and how many toes, Corix? And the silent dwarf on her left holds up two fingers nice. and then puts his hand back down without saying a word. Now you lose those to the cold or to the Yeti? He just gives a single nod. <laughs> little bit of column A, a little bit of column B, huh? One to the Yeti, one to the cold. Yeah. <laughs> He's not much of a talker. Aye. Yeah. Hmm. Well, you guys, uh, is, does your, uh, your clan, does, does it descend from the, do you guys come from the Dwarven Valley up north? We do. And I will tell you, the friendship of the dwarves in Icewind Dale is a boon mm. in these harsh times. I see that. That's the type of information I like to hear. Say, so, so, with that type of payment, I mean, I'll talk it over with my, my group here, but uh, I think we can come to some type of arrangement. And uh, just give us a moment, if you don't mind. And uh, I'd kind of huddle everybody up, move them over a little bit, and just be like, uh, so, what does everybody think? Uh, I 50 gold and a gemstone's a lot of money. Aye, it does sound good, doesn't it? And not only... Not only is it the money, but now they owe us a favor. We've helped them out. We've done them a solid. So when we head up towards the Dwarven Valley, we get ourselves uh, maybe some nice, uh, some nice lodgings, some good, uh, some good food, and possibly a little bit of uh, an escort through the, the mountains, just in case we're accosted. And you just see, like, from the moment that she mentioned gemstones, Miri's eyes have lit up. Hmm. <laughs> and she is following the conversation between you guys as you decide what to do very carefully. They only want us to recover the sled. Well, typically not so easy as that. Yeah, I mean, we've already had to had a run in with the Yetis once. We know they're, they're, they can be quite violent. Obviously, they killed one of their other, their other companions. I'm not saying we go hunt them down or anything, but, you know, we might be forced to defend ourselves. I ain't got no problem killing a Yeti. He looks at Dreamer slowly. Like, no, I know, I know. Dreamer doesn't. Uh, I don't think he likes to kill just about anything if he doesn't have to. So, Dreamer, friend of the Yeti. But yeah, I mean, if it comes down to it, you know, we can defend ourselves. But, uh, but yeah, I'm. I. I don't see why this isn't a win-win across the board. We need to head that way, anyways, and. Uh, they can almost assuredly give us some information when we get back about uh, Jarlax or Jarlax. All right, let's do it. Okay. Well. Have you uh, decided then? I, I think we'll be willing to to make an agreement with you. I will get your uh, your ore, a little payment, and possibly some safe passage through uh, the Dwarven Valley when we head north. I'd say that uh, we'd have an accord. Would be good to return home. I. This uh, town. Everyone. Well, I mean, these days, everyone's in a sour mood, but the dwarves, at least, are used to having stone overhead, so dark skies are little concern to us. And again, earlier I asked about uh, Jarl Axel. Are you, uh, you familiar with, uh, with him? Not personally, but I'm sure someone in the clan uh, would be old enough to tell you of him. Hmm. Okay. Well... Are you uh, that's a good just looking for stories, or...? Actually, we're looking for the man himself. Um, not sure where we'd find him. We actually have a package for him we're supposed to be delivering. We're actually, uh, a group of us are 
work for Laskar, the Laskar Deliverers. Well, most of us. We've had a few of those over the years. I won't know to where to find him, but I can take you to people who might. Hmm. See, delivering packages to legends next will be delivering to Bahamut. <laughs> well, that'd I be mean, a sight, wouldn't it? I don't know delivering to Bahamut, but and she kind of glances at the dragon sitting on your shoulder. What's your name, gorgeous? Go ahead, Mary. Kaspek Mirik. That's not one I think I could pronounce. Hey, using the full name. Oh, that's proper. You travel with a dragon. This, I mean, I don't think I have to tell you this. I don't know why you have her out in town. I'm not going to tell you your business, but I would be careful. I, no, I appreciate that. And, uh, and you're right. At some point, it'll it'll bring a little bit of trouble, but I'll tell you what, uh, it only takes dealing with that trouble once and making sure everybody knows about <laughs> it to make that trouble stop. And do you see, like, through the very small slit of her cold weather gear that you can see, her eyebrows have kind of raised and she's nodding along like, yeah, okay, I can agree with that. No. Yep. <laughs> well said. Fair enough. <laughs> We were going to settle in for warm drinks at the North Look, as there are, I suppose, if you want to join us, we can point to you out where you need to go. Hmm. Um, We don't want to just send you north with vague instructions. We appreciate that. Uh, We're actually going to head on over to the the Black Iron Blades for a moment just to get some, uh, pick up some gear and get some stuff reworked, but... uh, just across the, the courtyard here. I don't see why we can't split up. You know, if anybody uh, doesn't need to do any shopping, we can go with our new fellas here and have a conversation as far as what's going on, and the rest of us can go do what business we have to do. Unless everybody wants to stay together. Whatever you want to do. Yeah, what do you guys want to do? You want to split the group? It's not like, I mean, it's not like splitting the group. Like, yeah, we're yeah, in shouting yeah, we distance like of each other. Shouting like, distance. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Two dash well, I have <laughs> business to take care of, so... It's a little more than two dashes, shit. Yeah, he's specifically looking for a trinkets type of shop. Okay. Um, wherever that may be, if one exists here. Um, here in town, with... Our, uh, our sweet girl Tavini's help, she'd be able to direct you to some of the local establishments. Find one close to Black Iron Blades. <laughs> There's something in particular you're looking nope, for. selling. Alright. So, not looking for a general store, looking for a trinket yes. trinket place? Gotcha. Alright, anyone else? Well, that, that would be great, but I'm not expecting a magic items shop here. But maybe I'm wrong. Gotcha. Krillik's gonna... Take his chainmail out and give it to Rian. Like, here, just sell that while you're over there. I'm gonna go follow them. Okay. Hey, I can do that. He takes it off his hands. Alright. Our boy Dreamer, which, uh, where are you going? Uh, so, Tavini and I have been discussing making armor for, you know, for Dreamer. Mm-hmm. Would... Oh. Hand crafting like wooden armor for him. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Would we have discussed 
like the cost of materials to be able to do that yet. That is something we'll probably do outside of the game. It's certainly a possibility. Uh, I will say that if it is going to be a majority wood, that you will likely need somebody proficient in carpentry tools or woodworking tools. That is not Tavini. Although I do think that Tavini has some special skills as a forge cleric when it comes to crafting uh, certain objects. While forging is, you know, metals. I'm sure we could work something out. Okay. I would probably, for the sake of ease, I would likely say that as long as the armor functions the same as, you know, an equivalent piece of armor, that the price would be equivalent. Yeah, Dreamer was just looking for studded leather equivalent. Oh, okay, then yeah. That, if you're looking to get it done in wood, I would probably say it's a one to two day project, depending on which of the myriad shops in Bryn Shander you go to, carpentry-wise. There you go. Get that started before we go on our little adventure. Then by the time we get back, you got yourself a new fit on, my brother. So, if Krellick is going to handle negotiations with the dwarves, Dreamer will round up materials for his armor. Oh, we are like splitting the party. Fuck yeah. <laughs> We're I really split like the party. Everybody going, I was like, I'm like, everybody's going to different corners of the entire town. Just like, <laughs> <laughs> nothing could possibly go wrong. Everyone scatter. Yeah, it's gonna be fine. So Felgren is going to look for a trinket shop. We have Rian, meaning also Miri, <laughs> Dreamer, and Tavini going to the Black Iron Blades, and Krellick going to the North Look to turn it up with some of his fellow dwarves. Yep. Great. Uh, Tavini could suggest Elza, uh, Garn's sister. Yes. Um. She does do general goods. Yeah. But I think he's looking specifically for... Like, when you say trinkets, you mean similar to the shop that you encountered? Uh, trinkets uh, in the way of, you know, it, it could be magic items. That'd be great. He'd love to go to one of those. But, um, <laughs> uh, you know, things like, I don't know, curiosities, even, like, jewelry, you know. Yeah, um, all right. So, yeah, similar to the one we did not. Yeah, if that one was, that one was a little... Uh, eclectic? Yeah. Um... He'd probably look for something a little more traditional, if he can. Um, I would say speaking of which, probably... don't forget that we still have that mechanical fucking gold. Even even just us. like a plain jeweler would be would be fine with it. It's my mechanical goldfish. I think your best bet would probably be starting with the black iron blades, and then we can fan outward from there. Yeah. Um, a prerequisite is that he is alone. Ah. Okay. Yeah. Well, then we'll we'll get to him. In a moment, we'll we'll get to you last. Secrets. Uh, and oh, I nice. know that Krellick ha- may have some business here in a bit, so we'll tackle yours first. So Krellick, as you join this trio of dwarves from Clan Battlehammer to the northwest corner of the Market Square with the North Look Inn, the wide double doors are thrown open again as you approach and you hear again that song there's a place i like to go further up the river's flow where it is i do not know must be under all that snow Mm. and as you enter you do not see 
any sign of a bard, a performer, literally no instrumentation going on. Although there does seem to be quite a lot of bustle here as it gets into the late morning, early afternoon side of things. Most of the tables are full in sharp contrast to where you woke up this morning. And as you are scanning the room, the thing that draws your eye the most is above the hearth of the common room here, stuffed and mounted on a big old plaque, is a battle-scarred fish. Just this massive <laughs> knucklehead trout. And there appears to be a, uh, like a plaque underneath it with its name, Old Bitey. <laughs> Just this ugly, gnarled-looking thing. It's got, like, crisscrossing scars all over its body. You can see the, on the white underbelly, there's a very long cut that looks as if it had been stitched shut. You know, presumably where they stuffed it. Yeah. The glass eyes... As you watch, in the flickering firelight, they almost seem to be whipping around, examining the people inside. Well, uh, suppose we'll find a table then. Alright, let's... Now we can't take his eyes off that creepy-ass fish. It looks at you and starts singing Elvis songs. Oh, God. Why don't you, uh... Why don't you <laughs> go... Go look at it a little closer. We can wait and find a table. I think I'm good. <laughs> no, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> you can only still see her eyes, but you do get this sense uh, that Runa is grinning from just the way that her her scarf moves around her face. And she is unwinding that scarf. And you find yourself staring at a dwarven woman with a very blunt, wide nose, deeply lined cheeks, much older seeming than uh, might have initially been inferred. Her two companions are similarly unwrapping. The silent man, as his scarf falls away, you can see that his nose is gone to frostbite. You really only have, like, the septum and open nostrils in their place. The youngest of the three, the very nervous one, kind of casts a single look over his shoulder and then, you know, waddles over to one of the windows to peer outside and watch the sky. But, uh table then hi table what's uh up with the little one that's the one to join he's has a fear of dragons ah. white dragons in particular oh you expect to see them here in the north but very rare and he's uh, a bit more cautious of them than most i get it okay table is is there a open table there is in uh, sort of the, the corner of the room. There appears to be a booth with a single person sitting in it. Looks to be a booth that could probably fit about you know, eight to ten people. And the dwarves immediately, uh, Runa and the silent man, make for that table. And they just kind of hover there, looming. Not menacingly, but definitely giving that vibe of like, this is not your spot. And after a moment, the human man, as you come up behind them, looks from their faces, looks to yours, hastily downs his drink and scoots out from the uh, the booth there. Uh, yeah. I'll go find a seat at the bar. Might he kinda, yeah. He's just gonna sit down. 
the losses and she kind of motions to her ear and you can see that uh, where her head, uh, head wrap was flat on the right side, her ear is gone. The losses kind of <laughs> make it a little easier around here. Well, you definitely look like you've seen the seen some stuff, I tell you that. That's kind of you. But you're still standing, so makes you a hardy lot. Oh, Clan Battlehammer. Lived in these parts for ages. I don't think anything can put one of us down, save, you know, being torn apart by a yeti. That, that put Olbrock down pretty hard. So is it, uh, all Battlehammers up there? Do you have any, like, I don't know, other clans or anything like that? A few smaller allies. All up from the north, or you get a lot coming from the south? Before things got dark, we had uh, much further travel abroad. At least as far as, you know, dwarves are concerned. The travel abroad might just be the other side of the mountain. Right. We dig deep roots. I mean, I have to ask, you ever uh, hear anyone by going by the name Steelforge? It sounds familiar, but I can't place anyone. Oh, just curious. Name's Kralik, by the way. Well, that I'm Bruna, as I introduced myself, and Corix, who you will not hear him speak a word, I don't think. And Storn is the lad by the window. And uh, at that time, a uh, very mousy-looking teen boy with sandy hair comes over, and she holds up four fingers and kind of makes a sh uh, shooing motion without saying a word. Before he's even gotten to the table, he's spun around on his heel, <laughs> clutching his tray to his chest, and made back for the bar. Very hastily, returns with drinks, and Haruna passes him a few silvers for his trouble. Keep them coming, lad. Hi. Oh, I noticed uh, you were staring at that fish. Oh, that one? It's... yeah, it's a little unsettling. It's very interesting that you mentioned that, because it is. it does still seem to have that effect of you know, staring at you in the flickering light of the hearth beneath it. It almost has the same sort of stare as Corix, the other dwarf who has not said a word, who is just sitting there beside Haruna, almost glaring at you. <laughs> this man with the, uh, the nose missing. So you just don't talk or you can't talk or what's going on? He talks when he feels like it. Uh, I'll tell you what. Purely for my amusement, I'll pay you five gold to go and tickle that fish's tail. Kralik is stupid, but is he going to put two and two together that this fish is the fucking thing singing? This is another dwarf <laughs> joke. At his expense. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's see. At his expense? Roll me an I didn't even put that together. I didn't until just now. <laughs> insight check. Uh, I even made the joke and still didn't get it. Like earlier. like I, I figured that's why they wanted me to go up there. Oh, insight. Oh, this is gonna be great. Yup. <laughs> Roll the six. Um, it's an odd request, but I mean, five gold is five gold. Yeah, but he just got twenty. And say I've done much worse things for five gold. Uh, yeah, that's probably true. Things I've had to brush my teeth off after. Alright, alright, five gold. <laughs> it's, a, it's 
a fish. <laughs> As if in answer, she just takes her coin pouch and sets it down on the table and starts very slowly counting out the gold pieces and looking at you with raised eyebrows. All right, all right. He's going to get up from the table and walk over to that fish, just staring it down. Creeping up on it like <laughs> now it is very interesting because you know the the fire in the hearth is very cheery there's a couple of small tables with two or three people uh, sitting around it you know round tables that are near the fire but the space in front of the hearth is comparatively clear there's about like 10 feet of open space which in an establishment like this is a bit unusual and as you step onto the carpet approaching the fish and reach out a hand to touch the tail. The head of the fish comes whipping around to try and bite you. I need you to make me a dexterity saving throw. Oh, oh shit. shit. He's called Old Bitey. That is called Old Bitey. But he's also presumed See, dead. Frostbite. Ooh, natural, a natural 20. 20 nice. for 21. Alright. Dexterous dwarf. <laughs> you... <laughs> so as this thing goes to make a lunge at you, uh, you do... You were wary, so you do step back in time, and... Very dangerous over short distances. <laughs> it is mounted, so even though it tried to lunge at you, it doesn't get very far. It only is able to turn, like, maybe a foot towards you. But those blazing glass eyes are... One of them is fixed on you, and you can see that jaw working, and you can hear it snapping uh, with this very hollow sound, this... And uh, from the table's nearest old bitey, there's a chorus of laughter and jeers. And the fish breaks out into song. There's a place I like to go further up the river. Son of a bitch, I knew I it! Do not know. Must be snow. It was a doofus. <laughs> Did he bite you? He's still Billy Bass. <laughs> Get the b- b- Billy Bass. Ah, ah. Yeah. That's the that's that's this campaign's Rick rolled. You got Billy Bass. He's gonna just stride back <laughs> up to the table and sit down. And Fruna yeah. is wheezing with laughter as she pushes the coins over to you. That fucking fish! I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you still did it. <laughs> I have five gold. I. And you didn't have to brush your teeth after. Yep. <laughs> didn't have to brush your teeth after. Anyway, drinks arrive, and you manage to uh, to get a few drinks in the end. She goes through the process of describing where they had, uh, you know, come south. So, looking over the maps that she spreads out in front of you, you would judge that you're probably looking at a few hours of travel north out of the town. Is it? Does it look like it's a? track there be able to get it and come back or we is it we're gonna be we're probably gonna have to go out there camp and then come back it looks like it would be a full day trip you know if the weather holds then you would be able to make a full round trip there and back within a you know 12 hour period or so so it'd be probably best if we do it first thing in the morning yeah okay or else if you left you know afternoon then you could camp out there, get to it by, you know, early or midday. And I say day very loosely because it's always dark up here, but 
You would be able to get back to town the following day with it. So, it looks like the way how far it is out, it would probably be best if we head out at, well, I would say first light, but it's kind of impossible around here, but first thing in the morning. You'll notice that uh, once you've been in this long enough, your lightest hours are between uh, 10 a.m. and 2 in the afternoon. After that, that's when it gets dark again. So, very, very brief period of respite and even a respite, and even that's dim. Well, we'll make do, but we'll get it back for you. You, uh, we come across this yeti or the body of your friend. What do you want to do with that? If you can bring back Obok, or I imagine after the yeti's had him, uh, whatever's left of him, I don't yet know what I will provide you, but I will compensate you for it. I don't think any compensation is necessary for that. It's kind of you. And uh, she kind of takes one of the flagons that had been brought to the table, elbows her companion there, Corix, to take the other, and pushes the other towards you with a free hand. I'll take it. To Obak. To Obak. She downs her drink, and as she's sitting there just Tipping it back, Corix is still just glaring at you over the rim of his mug <laughs> as he takes a single sip and puts it down. Get a grit at the silent one, train his as well. Yeah.